Asian Pop Nation on Sin 90.7. Hello everyone, this is Asian Pop Nation, your resident Asian music and culture show right here on Sin. We just played a couple of Korean tracks, starting off with Speed Love by Triple S Love Lucian, which is a B-side to Girls Capitalism. And before that, you guys heard Sailing by Hoodie, which is from their new album, Sailing. We have a very jam-packed show tonight. It's very much anime-centric, as you will tell. But before we get into all that, we will, of course, first be delving into some birthday segments. And yes, that is segments with an S at the end, which means there are two birthday segments. Um, Me and Lee had the crazy coincidence of having our birthdays literally one day apart from each other. So uh, we each have a bit of a segment to ourselves where we get to talk about whatever we want. So there will be two birthday segments this week. And aside from that, Tracy and Alicia also recently went to the P1 Harmony concert. And so they are going to share their thoughts about it, give some do a bit of a review. Um, but yeah, you will hear a bit more from them a bit later on in the show. This is going to why I say it's a very anime-centric show today. Um, and that's because we have some new anime announcements. Now, the special thing about these anime announcements in particular is that they are from animes that the latest season was like 10 plus years ago. So it's really like resurrecting them from the grave. So yeah, we thought it'd be very fitting to have a bit of a chat about it. Um, and discuss what our thoughts are for the upcoming anime, I guess. But last but not least, we have a little a little something that's a bit of a throwback to one of our previous segments in the last few weeks. Um, you may remember a few weeks ago we talked about the One Piece live action uh, by Netflix. Yes, the Netflix announced that they were going to do a One Piece live action. Well, it is out now, and some of our members have indeed watched it. And so we kind of wanted to do a bit of a review, kind of run down what our expectations were and what um, the end product ended up being. And if our thoughts from when Netflix initially announced the live action were indeed uh, realized, I guess, because we were a bit, we were all a bit skeptical in the initial segment because Netflix and anime live actions don't necessarily go well together based on track record. But yeah, you'll have to tune in all the way to the end to hear our thoughts about that. Hello, welcome back to Asian Pop Nation on Sin. You guys just heard another collection of Korean tracks, starting off with Jalapeno by Dre. And before that, you guys heard Sensitive by Lu Semble. And even more before that, you guys heard Dalala by Yuju from G-Friend. Uh, we will be jumping into our first birthday segment of the show tonight. Um, which is mine, and it's kind of embarrassing to be announcing this, but I will cut right to the team who will be introducing this segment. Hello, guys. We're in season four, everyone. The final home stretch of APN. Yeah. And what a way to kick off the start of the season by celebrating our one and only EP's birthday. Happy <laughs> birthday, birthday to, to you. you. Harmonize. Happy birthday to you. To you. <laughs> well, the um the pop-up on my Zoom literally just came up like playing music, question mark. <laughs> They're like, ooh, what's that tune you've got out there? Wow. See, we could be a group. But yes, it is Jesse's birthday. And in APN tradition, the girl is taking over. And she's going to be talking about whatever she wants. And Jesse, what exactly are you going to be talking about in your P-Day special spotlight moment here? Because, spoiler alert, it's very, um, I have questions that I need answers for immediately. Like anti-festive. Yeah, exactly. Jesse show. Thank you for all the birthday wishes. Uh, yes, like Alicia said, I will be taking over this little segment with a collection of animes. Now, that's not, not nothing unusual for me, but this collection of animes was inspired by something recent that happened in a certain fandom. Um, and it's been trending across all sorts of social media, which is why I found out about it, even though I haven't been up to date in this anime slash manga in, like, ages. So I found out about it, and I was immediately, like, 
oh my god this is big i'm gonna question my entire life so in honor of that the next collection of um anime that i'm gonna recommend maybe is uh a collection of sad ones it's like very tragedy-esque but if you know what i'm talking about with regards to the event that happened you will know but i will not say it so the listeners that don't know and are part of the fandom are not gonna get spoiled so we'll leave it at that but the first anime that i want to mention is an anime that a lot of you probably already know if you watch a lot of sad anime uh banana fish uh (gasps) (laughs) what yes yes banana fish uh yes i'm bringing it back uh but basically this anime centers around um this young mafia boss in new york city and he has to find out what the mystery of the banana fish is because he doesn't know what it is, so he's trying to find out. And for some reason, some uh, news, I think it was they were like reporting on the mafia gangs in New York. So some Japanese people came along and they got caught up in it. And it's a whole debacle with the police and the mafia and the whole drama. But essentially, this entire anime is an absolute train wreck. When you think bad things have happened enough, they haven't, and the anime will prove you wrong. I have some words I'd like to say to the person who created this. Um, I am offended. Why did you end it like that? Please go watch it so I can not be the only one suffering. And then moving along is another anime. Uh, This next one is one that came out relatively recently and i say recently as in probably within like the last five years um and it's relatively popular it's called violet evergarden and this is a bit of a post-war time story so basically the story surrounds violet who was a little girl who was used as a child soldier during the war and basically everyone else around her were treated her as like an emotionless tool as like a machine that kind of thing and except for this one person in the military and she and she calls him the major her major or whatever um but yeah he was kind of like a parent figure he, he kind of actually took care of her she, he kind of treated her as an actual human and then during the war he lost his life unfortunately um and his last words to her were i love you and her being used as a tool throughout her entire life in this war she did not know what those words meant and she did not really know what her own emotions were about it. So this entire anime kind of follows her journey trying to rediscover her her emotions and what they mean through working as a auto memo doll, which is a person who writes letters for people who cannot write for themselves. And so this entire story just follows her development and the stories of like the people she writes letters for and the people's lives that she touches are also very heart-wrenching so it's all around pretty sad and it is paired with the absolutely beautiful animation so yeah if you're looking for pretty and sad combined together this is the way you're gonna get your fix um so yeah i would totally recommend it and there is also a movie um which you should probably watch because it's also quite good but it takes it in a different direction um but yeah that's the second anime and the next one i'm going to mention is not an anime at all at all it is a korean manhwa um but basically this the reason i wanted to mention this manhwa was because it it's been a while since i've read something whether it's like a book or a manga or a manhwa or whatever that actually could make me cry so i was like great to mention this one but this one is a very very short manhwa it is only 21 chapters and it is insane how much they crammed into those 21 chapters because each chapter is really really sad and again this is like a wartime story (laughs) and it kind of follows the theme of like war and how it affects the innocent the most because it follows the story of two children trying to find a way forward in a world that is absolutely torn apart by war violence is everywhere they're like just two kids they don't have any adult figures following them or looking after them they're just on their journey on their own and lots of sad things happen i'm not going to spoil it but lots of sad things happen um but the but another thing i also wanted to mention about this manhwa is that it uses 
the medium very well and it uses it to its advantage read it please you'll understand and every now and then this manga this manhwa circulates throughout like social media like on tiktok they have like chapters that you can just scroll past and that's how i found out about it fun fact and now i am in ruin because of it i love how it's like happy birthday and i'm recommending the most sad things really sad stuff oh my gosh if it makes you happy yeah i'm enjoying the ride man yeah yeah whatever makes you feel (laughs) alive you know yeah that's true yeah the most traumatic stuff um yeah Yeah. i mean again nobody can argue with her this is her moment to shine so yeah jesse happy birthday (laughs) is it still happy after i mentioned all that i don't know of course those were all my (laughs) birthday recommendations and um yeah, I uh, I also wanted to have a quick shout out to a couple of anime and shows that I'm looking forward to. Um, one of which is the Heaven's Heaven Officials Blessing season two coming out on in October, and I'm really excited for that one. Oh, wow. And the other one is the Apothecary Diaries, which, um, both of which you'll know are not wartime stories. Okay, thank goodness. She, um, she diverts stories expectations. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'm really looking forward to those, and that's been my birthday segment. I don't have any music recommendations. That is not my area of expertise. So happy birthday! Happy yeah, birthday! Yeah. Or sad birthday? Yeah, in your case. You yeah, <laughs> it's happy because sad things make her happy. Yeah, mm. you know, it's yeah. like after you cry, it's like oh. Life feels so great afterwards, you know? Oh, great! We're not in war times anymore! You heard it here first, folks. Hello, dear listeners, you are tuned in to Asian Pop Nation on Sin. Well, you guys just heard a collection of Korean and Japanese tracks, starting off with Kosen by Bite Matsuki, which is a very fun jazz pop song. And before that, you guys heard Love Cloud by Perfume, and even more before that, you guys heard Cool Ass by Key from Shiny. Now, I did mention at the very start of the show that there were going to be two birthday segments. And the next one coming up is a birthday segment dedicated to our wonderful member, Lee. So I will throw right to the team who will be bringing in this very, very special birthday segment. Guess what, y'all? We don't just have Jesse's birthday on the <gasps> show. <gasps> Not the birthday girl gasping herself. <laughs> They wouldn't have known. I'm just trying to build some suspense for my own birthday. <laughs> I guess I guess I gave it away from the voice. You can you y'all already know we've got Lee's birthday special spotlight as well on this episode. Yup, Jesse and Lee just have very close birthdays, so woo, 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 woo. the September babies strike again. But yeah, this time it's Lee's turn to you know, talk about whatever she wants, play whatever songs that she wants, and girl, what are you, what are you wanting to talk about? So guys, every birthday that I have always makes me feel nostalgic about my past birthdays. What, <laughs> what better what way to talk? To- <laughs> oh wow! Um, yes, I'm gonna talk about games that games. 2000s kids used to play. Alright, let's get into it. First game. Hell yeah. <laughs> Did everyone play Pop Tropica? Yes, yeah. ma'am. Let's go. Yes, ma'am. That is, to me, peak gameplay. We can never get something oh, yeah. as beautiful as that ever again in uh-huh. my life. Mm-hmm. They look like capybaras with sticky stick bodies. Yeah. For sure, mate. Yeah, for real. Back in the day, that was like the peak of like game graphics. For real, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was just like all the islands that, and they were popping them like no Mm -hmm. tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. They were the collabs like Diary of a Wimpy Kid. The Wimpy Kid. That treehouse thing. I forgot. Oh, yeah. yeah, With the dragon thing. Oh, yeah. With the dragon. Like, the Nabuti Island is based on like a whole book. 
series yeah. like choose your own adventure thing so they did like tons of clothes i think the diary of the wimpy kid one was specifically because the creator of pop tropica yeah also created diary of the wimpy kid so it's like Ooh. which is like wait what own. yeah yeah they're the same guy yeah, yeah. he literally huh? is creator of childhood yeah <laughs> dude what the hell his father daddy <laughs> <laughs> Apparently he's still releasing like Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Yeah, books. he is. What? I saw it online. Yeah, people are so funny. They're like, wait, this guy hasn't graduated yet. Like <laughs> Greg Heffley is still he's still in school, still in school drama. What's going on here? Uh... Let him live. But I love Pop Tropica so much. I still remember. I don't know if y'all remember what your favorite islands are. Yes, but I remember. Mine is always the art exhibit, like one. The one where you go to like Paris or some form of France and then Counterfeit you're... Island. Oh yes, yes. My favorite. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. Also, also. Spy Island, I would just speedrun because I would memorize it. Favorite. No, shut up. I I don't think I ever got past the superhero island. Isn't no, like you're ooh, JP. Yeah, that one know. was hard though, the superhero one, because you was had it? like fight the other villains like the super villains <laughs> yeah something like um, that yeah 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 that's, mythology that's island oh my god so oh mythology good. island is hard yeah. that one is difficult because you gotta like run around to like different like mm -hmm. visit hades visit poseidon and they're all in completely different areas and you're running around everywhere until you get like what the mirror that lets you teleport and stuff yeah. and then you're like yay but then you have to fight zeus at the end and it's like oh there, yeah. this is kind of uh this is kind of hard i love anyways i love it so much love Peak pop gameplay. tropica but a oh. game that rivals pop tropica oh. was Club Penguin, guys. Oh, oh my goodness. So good. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. around as a penguin. One thing that sucked, though, um, was that you couldn't do a lot of stuff without membership. And yeah. you had to pay for membership, which is so... Mm ill, because we're all, like, seven years old. <laughs> yeah, literally having to ask, like, oh, can my membership on yeah, so <laughs> And like, like, the no. Yeah, they're like, what What the hell is this? For a free game? No. Yeah, for, for a game that looks like random penguins? What? Yeah. And I'm like, I just want to get the new Puffle. I don't want the red or the blue ones. Oh, I want the Puffles. cooler ones. I remember those. <laughs> the rainbow <laughs> one. The rainbow oh, one. Pride bun. But my my favorite thing with Pop Trop, uh, not Pop Tropica, oh my god, I'm mixing the two, with Club Penguin is the... EPF, like the secret spy mission things that you can play on Club Penguin oh, if yeah. you do. Yeah, those missions, to me, that is peak gameplay. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Making I, my brain think. I downloaded like an emulator for Club Penguin oh. to play like from back then and you get to be like a member and everything and I'm just like fully decked out in my igloo um I just like speed run all the missions whenever I feel like it <laughs> and it's good it's great all the it's... games work but I... yeah when they shut down it was so sad it was so sad. And then they finally did the, like, I don't know if y'all know that urban legend that they always had on Club Penguin, which was like, if if you try to tip the iceberg, will it flip over yeah. or something? But on the day that it shut down, they actually, yeah. they actually tipped the iceberg. I remember the day that it shut down, I was in high school and I had all my friends like next to me. We all had our laptops open with Club Penguin on and we were like, guys, because it's like the server is in America. So it was like shutting down in the middle of the day. It was like 4 a.m. over there mm. and we were just like all on it and we played until it came up. Um, like a message came out that was like, thanks for playing, guys. Um, Waddle on. Yeah, yeah, Waddle on. Oh, so sad. <laughs> Forever in my heart. But, but I, yeah. what other games, I guess, meant Some a little something to you? Honorable mentions. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess Flash games was like the most popular back then. Um, mm. I think there was Moshi Monsters Adventure Quest. Um, just like cool maths games, mini clip, like those websites. Barbie at school, yeah, Barbie, <laughs> crazy. Um, but like console games, I oh, used to have a Wii. Um, Wii? but I we did not have money to buy the games, so 
But the thing is, the library near my house could let you borrow Wii games, which is epic. And my mum would only let us borrow one game per school holiday. Anyways, oh. one game that I had like for ages was Super Mario Galaxy. Oh my god, it was so good, guys. Oh my god. <laughs> the soundtrack, that. the gameplay, the mechanics, oh my god, all the powers that you get and all the like galaxies that you go to each planet that you have. Guys, so good. Oh, dude, it's I remember amazing. flying. Flying yeah. was oh amazing god. in Super Mario Galaxy. It just felt good. Yeah. And then there's an orchestra playing with like Mozart Fulon. <laughs> So good. Nintendo. Nintendo goes hard. hard. Yeah, they do. Another Japanese game <laughs> that I used to play, but I was like really, really young, so I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, but we had a PlayStation 1, which we sold at a garage sale for some reason. So dumb. Like, we should have kept that. But, anyways, I was playing Sonic the Hedgehog 2 on that and it was so hard guys it was so hard it's like a platforming game um anyways every time i boot it up it's like sega so uh, good nostalgic oh my gosh yeah well like- that is all the games that i remember that was from my childhood and also oh. everyone else's i've got three songs um that i chose that we'll play next after this segment um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about them. So the first one is Go Getter by Shredder and Fabo or Fabo. I don't know how to pronounce this name. Sorry, but, um, so Shredder is a South Indian and Australian R&B artist. And I found her because she opened for Rini, which I went to his concert like last month. This song, very good. It's R&B, obviously. Um, I think Fab Fabo, she raps in it as well. And then during the concert, um, Shredder rapped her part and it was epic and she's cool. And she's really like nice and sweet. (laughs) Anyways, great music from her. Um, Next, after that, we have Bad by Wave to Earth which I actually found them through the Spotify radio function. <laughs> but, um, and then they started getting popular on like TikTok and stuff. And I was like, oh my God, yes, people finally know this song. But um, Wave to Earth is a three member Korean indie band. Um, yeah, they're cool. I forgot the name, sorry. <laughs> but <laughs> the song itself is, is a love song, obviously. Um, and like the music video is very nice. It's like a whole like cinematic mini movie where this girl is just spending her day with her very cute Shiba dog. Okay, so when the singer from Wave to Earth um is singing the lyrics like how can my day be bad when I'm with you, which is like my favorite verse. Um it's showing the dog like really happy and it's kind of like it's like portrayed in a way that's like the dog is thinking of the lyrics and it's like directing it towards her owner anyways very cute and it made me like hug my dog and then she like moved away from me but yes the song is very nice and comforting and yeah next up is venus by peach luffy or luff i don't know i think it's luffy but more on that later but um (laughs) so this is an indie song um i also found through the spotify radio function so love her um yeah i don't actually know what this is about but i really like his voice because he sings really like super high notes um and the reason I think his his uh, artist name is Peach Luffy is because I watched, I mean, I read an interview that he did and he was comparing himself to Luffy, like from One Piece, but his name is spelled L-U-F-F-E. Anyways, Luffy is with a Y in the end. Cool. So yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about One Piece later, guys. Stay tuned. Hello, hello, dear listeners. In case you guys are just tuning in, this is Asian Pop Nation on Sin. We play the most recent Asian music and also cover a lot of topics around Asian culture. 
Uh, you guys just heard a collection of tracks that were recommended by Lee in honor of her birthday segment. Uh, firstly, you heard Venus by Peach Luffy. And before that, you guys heard Bad by Wave to Earth. And even more before that, you guys heard Go Get Her by Shredder Parbor. And so moving a lot right along from Lee's birthday segment, we have another little segment that addresses a bit more of the Asian music and specifically concerts. So Leisha and Tracy recently attended the P1 Harmony concert. And so they would like to share their thoughts about what the concert was like, um, what they liked about it, what they maybe didn't like about it, and basically just an overall review. So I'm going to pass right along to them. Hello, this is Asian Pop Nation. And occasionally, believe it or not, Asian pop acts do in fact come to Melbourne. One such Asian pop act was P1 Harmony, who came to Melbourne on the 20th of September. And me and Leisha managed to get media passes. Um, Yeah, so that was crazy. Very grateful. I know, very grateful, very crazy that we even went there as media coverage. And I guess now we're here to do the thing, which is talk about it. Fill you in. Um, for people mm-hmm. who don't know, P1 Harmony is a six-member boy group under FNC Entertainment and they are very much on the come up. And and right now they're in the process of a, a giant tour across Asia called the Pioneer Tour. They're chronically Gen Z, kind of hip-hop concept boy group. Yeah, they're very, very cool. Um, <laughs> and it's actually their first time coming down to Melbourne specifically. They did come to Sydney last year for the Hollywood Festival, but this was like their first time, A, having their own like show and not like being part of a festival lineup and coming down to good old melbourne the best city in australia (laughs) and i guess here is where like me and tracy are just gonna dive deep into our thoughts about like everything that went down in this concert and i think the perfect way to start it is by talking about the general crowd vibes atmosphere and all of that overall yes so basically um with k-pop concerts in particular or just new concerts after the pandemic there's this thing going around that's like gen z people don't know how to go to concerts i went to a concert and it was ruined because there were too many gen Zers in the concert who have never been to a concert before and don't know how to act in our experience we found that actually everyone was super nice and chill and i don't know what those people are on about Um, maybe melbourne is just the best city in the world i don't know um but we had a great crowd. Everyone who we talked to was genuinely like super nice and super chill and no one was 13 years old. They were all our age. It was great. It was chill. I mean like within our spot that we were at at the like at GA, we were all like standing in the pit basically. Mm-hmm. Uh we were lucky enough to be surrounded by people who were like, "Oh yeah, no. I'm literally 24." Me and Tracy are like, "Whoa, what?" But everyone is like sin radio age. Basically, yeah. And I mean, but also in the crowd there were a lot of people that we didn't meet that were like, you know, like 16 or 17 all that stuff, but everyone was really lovely. And just, I don't know, like genuinely, I feel like you could tell everyone that was there was there for like the vibes. I know what you mean about like the horror stories I've seen on TikTok. People being like, nowadays people have lost concert etiquette post-pandemic and all that stuff. They don't know, like bringing up big signs and covering everyone's view. That did not happen in our case. And everyone, again, was just really lovely. It was probably one of the more like nicer crowd experiences I've had, like in general, and plus, I think just having Tracy as a concert buddy is like the additional <laughs> plus because this girl can talk to like anyone and everyone. Like it is impressive. <laughs> yeah. No, it was just everyone was really nice and they were all shyer than me. <laughs> oh god, that gave you the upper leverage of every combo. <laughs> And then when the actual concert happened, the boys, P1 Harmony, oh, they were, I say, crazy. (laughs) There was one thing they kept on doing, which was shouting, Aussie, 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 oi, oi, oi. And Jiung was the main instigator of this. And you could tell that it filled them with such delight every single time they did it, which was probably like four or five times the entire concert. The other day I was scrolling through my videos and I I found this video of them going, yeah, nah, yeah, nah, yeah, nah gnarly <laughs> and so i must have taught them that probably andy true um <laughs> i'm guessing he thought i haven't watched that interview they did an interview with andy true 
and um he probably taught them that afterwards i'm guessing mm-hmm. but no they were in that show they were serious about saying every like aussie lingo aussie. possible i think even like ki ho at one point you know, I guess artists love to always talk about when they're in the city that they're touring in of like what they did in the city. And man was ticking off every like tourist thing you do in Melbourne. Just like, yeah, we went Poyser Lane, ACDC Lane. We saw the graffiti and we also went to the Yarra River. And the I Yarra had... River. <laughs> yeah, the Yarra River. And I had steak and everyone ate it up. Woo-hoo! Did we eat it up? Everyone was like, uh, yeah. yeah yeah we we care about how's your late yeah. yeah but you do you like i'm sure you enjoyed it I, i'm happy it was a good experience for you even though we don't really care about those places it's always really <laughs> funny to me how people come to melbourne they're like oh, yeah i gotta go to like coco black and go to loon croissantery and whatever like these are the melbourne things and we're like sure that's probably what trip advisors is i don't know i think i mentioned this like way back at the Hollywood Pop Festival at Sydney, that mm. they, oh wow, these guys are in sync nonstop. They're also their songs, as Tracy mentioned, like way back, it's like very like hip hop, upbeat to the max predominantly. So for like basically a two hour set, it was like constant, very upbeat songs that involve quite heavy choreography, minus like a couple of slower ballad happy songs in between. Songs. Yeah, happy fan songs that they were still doing choreo for and were making the crowd also follow said choreo. It was very cute. But I was like, these guys have energy and they did not stop. And it's just jaw-dropping, impressive through and through. I don't know about you, Tracy. Yeah, I, in particular, in terms of live performance, um, someone who really stood out was Kiho because his vocals are, like, insane live. Like, he's got, like, a lot of presence as a vocalist, and he sounds very, like, smooth, like, just like he does on the record. And, like, you're like, how does someone sound like that live? Mm-hmm. And, and he then, knows that he's a good performer as well. Yeah, yeah, because each of the members had their own, like, solo or trio type of performance that was a song completely not from their discography, like covers and stuff. I yeah. think one of my favorite was like the rap line yeah. doing their Chong own. Yes, doing their own. I, I think it's like an original, original song. song. Yeah. yeah. And it was, whoa. I was like, these are rapper rappers. Hold on. There's a reason why they went with the hip hop concept for P1 Harmony. I think it's because they have like actual, like pretty good idol rappers. I for me like what sticks out to me the most about this show specifically is the crowd interactions mm. on this concert are insane like parasocial relationship <laughs> times a thousand because oh my god whoa basically okay already throughout like the entire show uh Tracy has alluded to this but a lot of the members like to hang out on like certain sides of the stage and they really like hang out there pointing at people taking like when they see someone has a phone and they'll do like poses in front of that phone to like you know get them to capture the moment they were doing the damn thing and then this was at the encore part and everyone is like, oh my god, yay, they're back to sing, like, last two songs or whatever. They start coming back on stage, they're like, yay, yay. And then out of nowhere, they start leaving, and everyone is like, where are they going? But me and Tracy could see, because we were all the way at the end of, like, that left section, right at the barricade of the aisle area, and we saw them walking down and heading our way, and pause earth shattered jaw dropping whoa it was boom like three members are just right in front of our eyes yeah like you could reach out and touch them sort of arms like well i couldn't because my arms are short but like the people in front of me could (laughs) yeah like literally doing like high fives this girl that was in front of us literally had her peak yn moment because she got to do like you know people do little hand hearts with i think like three or four of the members it was crazy. I think the one that like stood out to her the most was like with Chun Sob and she was because he was the first one. Yeah, the very like, first one. I, did I it. filmed that moment and I could see the moment where I was like, oh my god, he's actually coming up. Like and my phone just like completely went black because I, I basically dropped my phone. But <laughs> it was shocking. But they kept coming back in like our specific area. I was just like, whoa, I've never seen idols this really close up and them just reaching their hand out to give people 
high fives and you can literally touch their arm. It's really like the parasocial relationship energy is getting to me and I'm like the victim of it and I accept it now. Um, But whoa, like Tracy, I'm still like shocked. Yeah, still shocked. I'm still like, I wish that my memory was better. I'm just so frustrated at how bad my memory is. Yeah. And this but is the why... only thing I remember is Chong Sob because the, the pure shock just still register me even now it was just oh my god that was just shocking like everyone within our area were all like jaw like we will look at each other and it's all like jaw dropping eyes wide of like did that just really happen what the hell and it was just wow and to me it was like the perfect way to cap off a really really fun super entertaining insanely hyped like concert and yeah i don't know like my best way to like sum it up is like even if you aren't like a frequent listener of P1 Harmony's music, I genuinely would recommend going to like a show if they happen to be around your area or something because these guys, again, I mentioned this way back in the Sydney one as well. And I'm really happy that I can also reconfirm the statement now in 2023 <laughs> that they know how to hype up like like the concert. They, they, they know how to hype up the crowd, get everyone jump in and stuff. And it's just, it's just a really good time. It's just amazing. One of the best like concert experiences I've had like this year so far. And also APN have been to a few. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I-, I just had a swell time. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, FNC made us gave us like a Google Doc survey right before the concert was about to start, and we definitely filled that out. Like we were really happy with the concert. Thank you for coming to Melbourne. All right, let's hope they come back. At, mm-hmm. at some point mm-hmm. but and yeah can try different things that aren't the graffiti lanes or the yara river or steak <laughs> <laughs> or dry steak from oh. tachos or whatever but yeah. i guess tracy any final thoughts before we wrap her up um <laughs> final thoughts i miss them i need them to come back yeah final thoughts <laughs> like wow i mean like the post-concert depression is really hitting me right now same mm-hmm. but i've just been listening a lot to love me for me which is a song that like i thought was maybe the second or third best on the album when i heard it but now is probably my favorite on the album Aww. that song goes off live like mm. and everyone was shouting it it's just a feel-good song it's a good song i guess that is that is it for tracy and leisha's special p1 harmony intel on their melbourne show (laughs) and i mean listeners if you've also went to the show and you have some thoughts let us know on our socials on instagram facebook and twitter and people harmony please come back uh me and tracy are not okay post concert You are tuned in to Asian Pop Nation on Sin, where you guys just heard a collection of epic tracks starting off with Slow Dancing by V from BTS. Now, this is from his new mini album, Layover. And uh, the thing that stands out to me about this song is not the song itself, but the fact that in one of the performances he did for a music show, um, his dog, Yontan, actually made an appearance. So if you guys are interested in that, definitely go check that one out. But before that, you guys also heard Nui Den, or trans, or it can be roughly translated to Crazy by Ting. And it is from her album, I. And even more before that, you guys heard Chalea by Anirud Ravichanda and Priya Mali. Now, coming up is, per- my, well, one of my personal favorites as a bit of an anime fan. We will be running down some recent anime announcements. And the thing that sets these anime announcements apart from the others is that they are continuations of anime that were released like 10 plus years ago. So you know this is ancient and they're making a comeback. So without further ado, I am going to throw straight to JP who will be telling us a little bit more about these two new anime announcements. Uh, just drank a bottle of water. Hey, welcome to Anime Attack. We attack anime because anime sucks. No, I'm kidding. Anime is pretty cool. And especially these ones. We got two. Okay, no, 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 no jokes. We got two really, really cool, big anime announcements. And the one thing they have in common is that they're really ancient, like really old anime. And they've just like come back to life all of a sudden. Um, I'll be honest with you guys. I didn't even know these things are happening until today. <laughs> This is like um, fresh off the press for JP yeah, right now. Yeah, like the excitement is high. It's like there for me. Um, yeah, it's like, oh my God. But let's get started. The first anime, 
everyone knows this one. You guys remember um, Kimini Todoke? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the Sadako-looking girl. If Xenia was here, I could hear her voice echoing with the, yeah, me too. She's screaming right now. I can hear her from the Philippines. Philippines. Yeah, I can yeah. hear her from the Philippines right now. Um, Yeah, Kimini Todoke coming back with the third season. It's been like 12 years since the last anime, but finally it's here. Picked up by Netflix. The beloved, like, slow, romantic, you know, slow burn show. It's finally coming back. Yeah, so that was this month. And they announced it. It'll be coming back with a third season run exclusively on Netflix in 2024, next year. We don't know everything about it, but what we do have is one. We have a really cute poster. Um, it's really, really cute. I'm going to look at it right now. Um, it's like, I think it's just them looking at each other right yeah Love, it's just yeah. them it's just Dude. them they're so yeah. cute <laughs> yeah, it's amazing and it's like with the same art style too it's like oh what it's like came to no way oh they're gonna like oh romance you know okay that's one thing we have the second thing we have is that the original voice actors are coming back reprising the same roles um mostly the main lead sawako and shota they're going to be the same voice actors. They're coming back. It's amazing. And the third thing we have is that the studio running it is Production IG, who are the same guys who did the old anime. Um, so sick. Just for context, um, the manga, it, was, it started in like 2005 and finished in 2017. And the anime adaptation, it started in like 2009 and then it ended in like 2011. So this is like, this is old, you know. You know what I mean. It's yeah, like, this oh. is this is ancient, like pure romance gold that is returning to our eyes next year and next year. But I'm shocked. I jumped out of my couch, my bed, or whatever when I saw this news on like Twitter and stuff. It was jaw dropping. Literally, kind of came out of nowhere because I don't think there was any like pre notice. Or anything about it yeah jesse's also agreeing with me here you no know, like it will it came at a time where like the most of the fans were like oh, we'll give up on like a second season you know it's over. Not, not a second season a third season it's never gonna come you know it's and then over. it hits you with this and it's like oh my god i could cry actually back i could yeah. cry it's insane dude dude i'm gonna be 24 next year <laughs> okay like, yeah like when the show comes out like what the hell it's gonna be so weird watching it because when at least for me when i was watching it way back because you know the show takes place in them in school and all that stuff mm -hmm. i was also i was like a school kid too so i was like watching it being like oh my god maybe this will be me one day while i'm in school <laughs> but now that i'm watching this i'm out of school i'm out of uni i'm out Old of everything jaded. Old and jaded, like future nine to five girly, like <laughs> so. This is gonna be crazy to watch, like, yeah, them way back. These two leads back in school, just starting their romance. Because I'm pretty sure Jesse, you correct me on this. Uh, that like the end of season two is literally right as they like just confessed. Yeah, that they liked each sure, other. Yeah, like they didn't nah. even, like start the relationship relationship part. So like. That's the fans so waited dog. like 10 plus years for this to come out and i'm like and it's oh, like yes we're gonna get dating no. content oh, finally yes and it, it's like a minor like anime romance like pet peeve of mine because a lot of anime literally end right as the characters like confess to each other yes, yes jesse oh is agree with me yes oh my god and for me what makes me like the characters especially more is when they actually like get into the dating thing and you find out like ooh conflict drama da -da -da -da. like i eat that up i love it so much and these two are like the most wholesome they're peak wholesome couple and i just oh it's gonna be beautiful i'm gonna love yes. every second of it oh it's amazing relish it relish it it's coming soon next Woo! year and i guess next year the next thing that's also coming soon but when uh, question mark when yeah we have no idea but what we do know is that this other ancient thing is coming back you guys remember um magica madoka oh my yeah. god 
yeah, yeah, like magical, you know, magical girls. It's like, oh, it's cute. But no, it's actually like really dark. And then yep. it's like, oh, all the, oh, it's so dark. Oh, we live oh, in time travel. Oh, space oh, yeah, lesbians. Time travel. Oh. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, they're space lesbians. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, um, Magica Madoka is coming back with a new movie, and it's called Puella Magi Madoka Magica, the movie Valpugisnacht Rising. Whoa, JP's yeah, German? It, yeah, I'm German. Yeah, I put a bit of a German accent there just for you. Um, So yeah, the trailer was released like September 10th, and it's going to serve as a direct sequel to the 2013 film, which is titled Quella Magi Madoka Magica, the movie Rebellion. Um, So it's been 10 years since that one. Um, But literally, we don't know anything else. It's just like they released a sick trailer and they're doing cool things and flying and like jumping and moving around. Yeah, y'all don't even know when it's coming because in the trailer itself, which, you know, I just, I just, it says soon. Lee, oh my god. Oh, she's so funny, guys. She's so funny. Oh my god. (laughs) There's no definite date. There's nothing. Because in the trailer by the end of it, yeah, it just says coming soon. So, yeah, Madoka fans, what are y'all thinking about this trailer, huh? Okay, uh, I'm going to try to keep this as spoiler-free as possible so that our listeners and also JP and Lee can watch it and not be too spoiled by it. Thanks, (laughs) Jessie. So obviously, um, this series, it has like the anime series and I believe it also has the first movie and the second movie, which are essentially recaps of the anime itself. Mm -hmm. So they're not too anything too noteworthy. And then the third movie is like a completely new one. And when the third movie came out, a lot of people were like confused as to why it came out because it seems to like completely reverse what happened in the anime series and, like, present some of the characters in a completely different light. And then, yeah, that was the premise of the third movie. And then at the end, it just left on a cliffhanger. The biggest cliffhanger known to man, there was no explanation for it. We didn't even know if we were going to get a sequel or anything. Else. At least I didn't know. I just thought that was it. That was, like, three movies and done. That was it. Um, And that was the open-ended ending that they left us with, and that was it. But now I've learned that it is not it. The fourth movie is coming. Um, and just based off the trailer, because the trailer didn't tell us much about anything. It wasn't anything spoiler. It was just like some shots of, some quick shots of like the characters. There's, there's like, obviously like the four, was it four or five? Why can I not remember? Anyway, it was like the four, the four or five main girls and they had like somewhat different character designs slash clothes. You got very small glimpses of that and that was it that's that's kind of all you got and some like random phrases like are you ready to like be the hope or something I don't know that was that was that was it it didn't tell us much it didn't even tell us the release date as all of you guys mentioned so yeah I'm looking forward to see where they take this though because the third movie ended off kind of dark and I don't know how they're going to come back from it that's that's all I'm gonna say. We're gonna see. We're gonna see. Well, let's let's hope that it is magical and medical. And Valpurgis snacked. <laughs> and Valpurgis snacktical. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, those are two anime. They're coming back. This was anime attack. Um, if you felt attacked by this anime, let us know on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Asian Pop Nation. Woo. Walpurgis Nacht. Let's Walpurgis. Welcome back to Asian Pop Nation on Sin. You guys just heard a collection of Taiwanese tracks, uh, starting off with I Don't Lose Sleep Anymore by Ender. And before that, you guys heard I Wu Shi Chu de Ren Shen or Good for Nothing by K6 Liu Jia Kai featuring Tao Zi A1J. Now, does anyone want to become a pirate king? Um... And I am saying that in reference to our last and final segment for this show tonight. I'm not sure if anyone here will actually wants to be a Pirate King, but I do know that Luffy, our main character in One Piece, does want to become a Pirate King. And yeah, so our hosts had a few thoughts that they'd like to share about the recently released One Piece live action on Netflix. 
Um, and this is also partially in reference to a little segment we did a few weeks ago, where we talked about um, Netflix announcing that they were going to do a live action on One Piece. And in that segment, we we had some doubts, um, as One Piece is a very outlandish show. But yeah, it's released. Um, some of us have watched it, including me, Ethan, and Lee. So I guess we're gonna move forward and discuss it. Um. So recently, Netflix came out with another banger of an anime live action. Um, they've had a string of amazing, fantastic, critically acclaimed anime adaptations. Whoa! Hang have... on, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay, like. <laughs> Okay, for real though, like anime adaptations have had a really difficult um, track record because anime fans don't love them. It's too live action-y and live action fans don't like them because it's too anime-y. So to add to the string of attempts, Netflix recently announced, well, they announced like very long time ago that they would be doing a One Piece live action uh, show. That's right, the, the... live action show um, will attempt to cover Ichiro Oda's masterpiece, his his incredible work of art spanning, what, two, three decades? Um, so yeah, it is a huge task on Netflix, um, which is only demonstrated by the fact that I believe it is Netflix's second most expensive show after Stranger Things as well. Um, so they've obviously put a lot of money into this show yeah the one piece is real guys what does everyone think about this have people seen this do you think we can get much higher ethan i think we can get much higher so So high oh oh, oh. i started listening to kanye because of that (laughs) no way yeah yeah but enough about kanye he's not after the one piece but you know who is after the one piece our main character, Monkey D. Luffy. Oh. He wants to be king of the pirates, guys. What does everyone think about the show from the limited amount of episodes that y'all have seen? So, just disclaimer, I've only watched like two episodes, so whatever I say is just based off those two episodes. Um, so, obviously, with Netflix's track record of live-action adaptations, my expectations weren't high. You could say they were at rock bottom. Like, the expectations were just... <laughs> Yeah, but it was surprisingly more watchable than I expected, just based on the two episodes. And um, the thing with adapting One Piece, and I believe we also mentioned this in our earlier segment when they announced when they announced that they were making a live action of One Piece. Um, we mentioned that it would be difficult to adapt because One Piece, as, as like an anime itself, is very outlandish. There's a lot of crazy things that go on. Um, so we found it difficult to imagine how they would like transfer it into like a live action format surprisingly they did pretty well just based on the first two episodes i will admit buggy uh the way his devil fruit powers were animated is a bit cringe um very much uh bit awkward as it is but in general um so far it's more watchable than i expected that's that's all i have to say um, I actually couldn't watch more than like 20 minutes of the first episode because I found it to be too cringe and I just did not like the costume design or the acting of like the minor characters. Um, I don't know, it was so hard to watch. Like I felt myself cringing at every like every minute and I just had to turn it off. I'm sorry. But um but I love the cast though. The cast on its own, very good. Um also like I'm grateful that the live action even happened because it really put One Piece on the map with people who are like, I wanna start watching One Piece, but I'm not gonna watch a thousand episodes. <clears throat> Lisha. <laughs> but yeah, like but then now people are like oh, I love watching the live action because now I don't have to watch a thousand episodes and then they can now start from where the live action ended and then they don't have to go through that first, um, even though you should, but the first, like, I don't know, hundred episodes. But yeah, also Sanji. <laughs> Great casting, but I hate his hair. What is that? 
like weird emo thing that doesn't even cover his eye it just like drapes over it's like three strands of hair that drapes over his eyebrow anyways also i just want to say that i have been a day one sanji fan from day one i f- i love sanji i love him people were like ew why do you like sanji like he's such a simp and weird and perverted and like likes women and i'm like whoa whoa He's gonna treat you right, guys. Anyways, after I was bullied for liking Sanji, now everyone suddenly likes Sanji because Taz Skylar did a great job, actually, of representing Sanji. Um, I think his acting was the only one that I really liked. Um, but, I mean, from the clips that I saw. But, yeah, great. Have you seen the fan edits? They've, like, edited his montages into scenes. I don't know why I'm watching the fan edits, but that man... <laughs> it's so good it's really good and like like from watching the interviews and like hearing about how he like really committed to the role and like doing his own stunts and like learning to cook as well like that guy is like so good in the role Mm -hmm. um easily the best like best part lee i think you made the mistake the classic one piece mistake of giving up too early because if you've gone up to episode three or four when sanji shows up in baratie that's when One Piece gets good. That's when you know. <laughs> oh, I don't want to hear about this. What one. is this role reversal? <laughs> Guys. <Nah. laughs> just, like... context, just for context, me and Lee are usually the One Piece fans. And then Ethan is like... I have not totally watched One Piece. Used, and I couldn't watch like... the anime at all. But I've watched the Netflix show. Um... No, yeah, so I, I can't comment on, like, the original source material, obviously, because I've never seen much of it up to, like, episode 10. But I really like the Netflix show. I think it's really good. And I think one of the big reasons why I like it so much, I think it has a really good soundtrack. Like, I think it's easily one of the best soundtracks of, like, this year. Um, I think the the people who made it was, like, Sonia Bella Suva and Giona Ostinelli. I probably spo- uh, pronounced that wrong. But they also collaborated with a whole bunch of artists like Aurora. Um, and I think that that um, soundtrack just does such a good job of like having like a really unique theme that is interwoven throughout the soundtrack. And it's so like so cool. It's like so adventurous. There's a scene at the very start of the the season and like at the very end of the show as well where it will like cut to different characters of like this expanding world like how big this one piece universe is and it'll have like the really like empowering music and you're like hell yeah i want to go on an adventure this is so cool and then they'll like kick in with like the we are orchestral version as well which i assume as like a massive one piece fan you like people would like cry or whatever but like it's really good it is a lot of fun and i think it captures that spirit of adventure um i know they also changed like quite a bit of the adaptation in the adaptation um, to include like characters like say Garb, L- Lieutenant Garb, Admiral Garb into the um, the show as well, which I feel like is a very Netflix thing because they have like this antagonist character who's like not really an antagonist, but they just have like opposing um, sides and it creates a lot more interesting character dynamics between, you know, like Luffy Straw Hat gang with like the Marines and the Admirals and like Kobe as well. Um, I feel like it's a very Netflix program. Like it feels very like Netflix, like Wednesday Adams or like um, Umbrella Academy. So I feel like it's really up their alley. Zoro though, goddamn. No, he looks good. He looks yeah. good. I was Zoro's thinking good. that uh, they play his role really well. Yeah. Mm. Sanji and Zoro are well played. I'm happy for this. Good. Okay, like okay, moving into see because they they renewed it for season two, right? Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of people are expecting characters like Chopper and Robin. How the hell are they going to do Chopper? Dude, I'm so excited. I I want... Yeah, that's a big question. Everyone's like curious about how they're going to do Chopper. (laughs) Also, I know Jamie Lee Curtis, Everything Everywhere's Own, Jamie Lee Curtis is like, Die Hard wants to be Dr. Kureha. She would fit. She would fit though. Yeah, like she's like, she's like, there's been like so many interviews of her where she's like, oh my gosh, I want to be Dr. Kuroha from One Piece. Also, have you seen um for Chopper? People are like Dwayne the Rock Johnson should be Chopper because why? Have you seen yeah, that why? photo of him in like the video <gasps> costume? Oh, like what? Why? <laughs> I'll send the photo later. But yeah. <laughs> But yeah, how how would they animate Chopper? Because like 
He's just a small little cute deer. And I feel like no person. I didn't know he was a reindeer. I didn't understand what animal that dude was until I saw him like in a reindeer. Anyway, um, if you watch the One Piece live action or the One Piece anime, um, or if you think One Piece is real, let us know on Asian Pop Nation at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we'll see y'all on the grand line. Bye-bye. Can we get much higher? Oh my so god. Oh. Welcome back to Asian Pop Nation on Sin, where you guys just heard a collection of Asian tracks, starting off with Mishuku Tori by Sinka, which is from their album The Sound of Getting By. And before that, you guys heard Si Shu De Jinhou by Nai Wen Young featuring Fool and Idiot. And even more before that, you guys heard Mistake by Purple Kiss. This is unfortunately the last little bit of our show today. We covered a wide range of topics from two birthday segments um, featuring me and Lee. And we also talked a bit about um, the One Piece live action, uh, which is recently out and insanely popular. We also ran down some recent anime announcements, which are sequels to very long time anime that were released like 10 plus years ago. So that was interesting to discuss. Um, Leisha and Tracy also gave their thoughts about the P1 Harmony concert that they attended in Melbourne. Um, but yeah, that is about all we talked about in tonight's show. I hope you guys enjoyed and um, definitely stay tuned for next week's show. We are always on air on Tuesdays 8 to 10. And if you guys would, and if you guys happen to miss our show on these days, you can also catch our podcast across Spotify, Google Podcasts, um, basically anywhere you get your podcast normally. Thank you.